somebody wake me? Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderbergh. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're QNO. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting. My name is Jay, a.k.a. Pod Vader. I'm here with John, a.k.a. John Luckenbaugh of the Queued Up Podcast Agency. Hello, John. How are you? Hey, Jay. Good morning. Good. How you doing? I am doing lovely. It is a lovely day today. I'm sure whatever day it is that you're listening to, it's a lovely day. And if it's not a lovely day, it'll be a lovely day tomorrow. And if that's not true, it will be a lovely day again sometime soon. Trust me. Uh, the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> We're not here to talk about Annie. No, we're here to talk about the business and tech of podcasting. We do it once a week. Every Wednesday, you'll find a new episode of the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting. So be sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. We are available everywhere. You'll also be able to find our podcast on the social medias. You can find me on Twitter at the Real Pod Vader. John, how can people get in touch with you? Through the website, which is qd-up.com, queuedup.com. Or you can email me, info at qd-up.com. There's also a social media feed on Twitter and Instagram for the Queued Up podcast on podcasting that we're developing. So you might see that out there uh, in the wild, if you will, from time to time, especially if you're searching for podcasting stuff. Uh, we're going to today talk about marketing in podcasting. And what lesson are you teaching me this week, John? Pod fader. Uh, pod fading. Why do podcasters give up? How dare you call me pod fader? <laughs> that was very mean. Hurt right to the core. Uh, pod fading. Yes, this is, a, this is something that I actually know quite a bit about, although I have never personally pod faded. Uh, I am aware of pod fading and uh, all of it. Marketing, pod fading, our Apple numbers from mypodcastreviews.com, all of it ends up being related to each other. How about that, John? Mm. Almost as if we planned it that way. Why would we do that? Yeah, really? <laughs> what would we be thinking about if we did that? Uh, before we get into the X's and O's on this particular show, John, what are we using today to record our podcast? We are using CleanFeed again. Ooh, a repeat customer here for CleanFeed. What's, uh, what is it that we like so much about CleanFeed? I do like the audio quality that is captured on here. And I like the fact that even though it doesn't bounce down to separate tracks, we do get a stereo track where each of us are on one side of the stereo spectrum. And of course, in post, you can take that stereo track that would have me featured on one side and you on the other and make it into a mono track so that we both appear on the left and the right earbud in the people's ears. The one thing that I wasn't too crazy about on this was while we were recording, I do hear the packet loss coming through. But instead of having that glitchy digital sound to it, it is more a gap. When I have to go back through and edit this, sometimes your words are split into 2J and I have to edit those together to make it sound smooth. Does mm. that make sense? It does. But don't they provide you with a local recording of everything that I'm saying? You can't just splice that in instead of putting my word together? No, the only thing I got was a, a stereo file download off of my end. 
I don't have a local recording from you. Well, then perhaps I should record a backup for you. And then it might be easier. But then again, we'd just be doing a double ender at that point. Right. Uh, we just need something that we could both hear each other on at the exact same time. You mm. could do that on anything, Skype or whatever. All right. Well, that kind of stinks. But at least every word I say is there. It's just saying it in a long way. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I'll leave you it can in. leave that one in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's jump into the business of podcasting this week in uh, advertising. Always a popular topic in podcasting as companies start announcing their Q3 earnings. Uh, we're starting to get to the end of some of those Q3 earnings. Some interesting information about uh, how the prices of things that were acquired. Uh, there's still a lot of attention speaking uh, to Spotify's acquisition of Megaphone. But really, I think something that goes a little under-talked about, if you will, under-reported, maybe a better way to put this, during the holidays is marketing of a podcast. A lot of podcasters feel it's time to take a break uh, from their podcast, spend some time with the family. And while I'm all for taking a break and spending as much time as you possibly can with your loved ones, understand that when you take a break from the podcast, you give your audience a reason not to listen to your show. What I mean by that, John, is according to uh, the good folks over at Edison Research, they tell us that the average heavy podcast consumer listens to at least five to six podcasts a week. So if you're one of, let, let's just put it to five, make it a nice easy number to listen to. If you're one of the five and you're not there on a particular week for that particular listener, and they are looking for a podcast to listen to, they might go and listen to another podcast. And when they listen to that other podcast, they might say, oh, I really like this particular podcast. I like it more than the podcast I used to listen to mm -hmm. every week that's no longer here for me. You never want to give your audience a reason to stop listening to your podcast. Some of the things that I would recommend in this regard, before we even jump into the marketing portion of your podcast, is one, I would record an extra episode, something that's evergreen that you can record, you know, maybe on, maybe you record, say, on a Thursday, and you record your regular episode for that particular week, but then you record another episode with uh, evergreen-type material. Maybe it's in Ask Me Anything or perhaps an episode on podcast hosting. And you record <laughs> that in advance so that you have it ready for when you would uh, take your break because you have a holiday coming up. And most of the podcast hosts that are out there, and I mean the Libsons, Blueberries, Spreakers, Red Circles, etc., will give you the opportunity to upload a finished product and set a time for when it will be released live. So that will help you take your break. You can actually physically take a break from doing the podcast, but you have the content already prepared for your audience to listen to the same bat time, same bat place that they always get your podcast. Does that make sense, John? Did I, did, did I make that concise enough? I believe so. I think that's what we'll be doing this following week. The Thanksgiving week, we'll be recording a little bit earlier, but uh, still scheduling it to re be released on your regular Wednesday. I don't know what that episode could be about. Wouldn't necessarily be about podcast hosting, would it? I think that's pretty good evergreen content uh, to record. 
Mm, maybe. Mm. Maybe. Something <laughs> to dive into. This week I was inspired by an article uh, that came from Hot Pod, and specifically uh, Carolyn Crampton at Hot Pod. Not Nick Qua. Those guys over there uh, do tend to cover things other than just the NPR of podcasting, although there is a heavy focus uh, on that particular newsletter. Carolyn specifically was going into audiograms. Uh, you might see these little bits on your social media platforms that contain just a clip of a podcast with the intention of giving the audience a reason to really dive into a podcast. But one of the things that Caroline noted, because this has been something that people for years have been searching for, especially at WNYC, uh, where they had created an audiogram generator in 2016 to try and help get that magic silver bullet uh, for podcast marketing, is there hasn't been a lot of research or a lot of data released publicly about the success of these audio clips in regards to podcast listening. And so Carolyn goes back and visits with Delaney Simmons, who was the then director of social media at WNYC in 2016, and talked about how on Twitter, the average engagement for an audiogram was eight times higher than a non-audiogram tweet in Facebook some of the shows with audiogram reach outperformed photos and links by 58 uh, and 83% respectively. And that was back in 2016. John, we've noticed that in our own social media promotion, that still seems to be the case. There's still a, a lot more engagement with a tweet or a social media post that features these audiograms than without. Yes. Looking at our engagement analytics on, on our social channels, we do see higher impressions and engagement to audiograms. And I know from doing clients' social channels, video is also higher impression engagement than just a regular post or just an image card. Now, Caroline reached out to Oliver Wellington, who is the founder of Headliner, uh, which is a similar type product that allows you the ability to create audiograms for different social media platforms. And he says, that in, and they've released some of the results of their own A-B testing of different clip formats and styles on their own company blog. So you can go over to Headliner and read some of their research. Now, as Caroline puts it in her article, perhaps unsurprisingly for in-house research, the results came back pretty positive. I say that with a smirk. Because we've talked about this before. You have to be a little bit careful about a company that is going to try and sell you their product. <laughs> and the research that they present that showcases their product works best for the results that you're looking for. In that context, though, with that slight smirk, it does show that in some of the tests, video has outperformed static images by up to five times. Which, again... This is today compared to 2016. It does appear that the case is still working. Yes. One of the things, though, that, that Caroline brings up, despite this higher engagement with these clips, is it leading to more listeners to your podcast? And that seems to be where there's a disconnect and not a lot of research done in this particular regard, John. Right. So 
how can you really track if your audiograms are getting you more listens on your podcast? Twitter does provide some analytics in this regard. It will show you the number of engagements that your audience is having with your media. If you have two media links in your post on Twitter, for instance, and one of those media links happens to be your shortened clip, and the other media link happens to be to a podcast player featuring the podcast that you're hoping people will listen to once they listen to your clip, there isn't a lot of granularity in the analytics that shows you exactly how many people are going clicking on your media link for your podcast versus the media link for your audio clip. And that's where I am seeing, while it might present a larger engagement on social media with, a, with an audio clip or a video clip, it doesn't necessarily equate to more listeners to your podcast. So does that mean that we shouldn't use audiograms and video to, uh, to attract more listeners? No, because ultimately, when you're using the audiograms, you're presenting a bigger opportunity. You're growing your potential universe of listeners for your podcast versus just providing a link to your podcast. However, for the smaller independent podcaster who has to deal with a lack of resources, uh, whether that's a lack of monetary resources, a lack of uh, time resources, or just a lack of effort resources, <laughs> uh, you know, it might be best for that particular person to just promote really good content that they made at the very beginning, being their entire podcast. podcast. Yep. It doesn't necessarily mean that doing an audiogram is a bad thing. Like I said, both can be true. You can promote a link of your podcast just as effectively as you can promote an audiogram. But an audiogram presents you with a larger opportunity to grow your potential listening audience. It's certainly a great tool to help grow brand awareness, which at the end of the day should be one of your goals. However, again, if you are a podcaster with limited resources and your ultimate goal is to get more listeners to your podcast, an audiogram strategy shouldn't be the only one that you consider when it comes to marketing your podcast anyway. It should be one of a number of different strategies that you're employing to grow your potential listening universe. Just like monetization, don't put all of your money into one river, into mm -hmm. one stream. Diversify your strategy so that when one stream gets dammed off, you still have other streams to make that river flow. I use that example often with monetization, but the same is true of, of marketing. Create different streams of marketing ideas to create a marketing river. And when you don't necessarily have the resources for one particular strategy, you still have your other strategies continuing to feed your marketing river. Just because one stream is dammed doesn't mean that you have to stop all marketing altogether. And I think ultimately that's what we're talking about. But we can understand some of these things might lead to a podcaster thinking, this is a lot of work. Right, John? Right. <laughs> I don't know what that might be leading to, but maybe it might lead someone to think, maybe I shouldn't do this podcasting. What we find is that a third of the podcasts available on Apple Podcasts 
they don't reach two episodes and half of the podcasts available aren't publishing more than five episodes and uh, the podcast industry has a serious case of pod fading not pod vader but pod fading pod vader do you know what pod fading is <laughs> i actually do i'll let you tell everybody what pod fading is it's where a podcast starts producing less and less consistent episodes it's a uh, it's a growing problem as more rookie podcasters come into the podcasting space and without doing the research necessary to determine if podcasting is the best way for them to reach their audience. Some of the biggest reasons for a podcaster to stop are time commitment, the ROI of the podcast, and the length of time to become a successful podcast. You know, it's funny because I've been involved in podcasting for 15 years, so I clearly haven't pod faded. I'm clearly well invested at this particular point in time. But I can see how certain people might think that this could be a get-rich-quick scheme. Mm, yes. Or, or maybe they can get popular very fast. They're going to get thousands and thousands of people listening to them. John, do you know, according to Libsyn, what is average for a podcaster in terms of total number of downloads over the course of 30 days? I do not. Depending on the month and the given time, it can be between 80 to 130 total downloads for one episode over the course of 30 days. That's not very much. No, it's not. However, I would say, how often is it that you get to get 100 people gathered in a room to speak to on a weekly basis? Mm. Probably not that often. Not often. No, no. No. I dare say, do you even have 100 friends, John? Do I have one friend? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a different story altogether. <laughs> I have you, Jay, right? That's right. So you do have one. I got one. <laughs> I believe you're married, so you should have two at least. And Depends on a day, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and aren't kids built-in friends? Like, do kids count? I think you can count kids, too. So I got a handful then. <laughs> But anyway, so I can understand how someone would put out a show and they would see, oh, I I got less than 100 people listening to my show. This is a failure. What am I doing with my life? Now, there's also a lot that goes into creating a successful podcast from understanding how to record great sounding audio to creating content consistently to promoting and growing the audience. I'd say most decide that it's just not worth it to continue because disappointment can come from the amount of time and cost needed for a successful podcast. Only there was a place people could go, John, to help them with these sorts of problems. I love when I hear, I want to start a podcast. I mean, I love that. I'm here for that. You're here for that. Queued Up is here to help. It doesn't matter, large or small. But also, I want people to be aware of the time commitment per episode, which If you go through our process, Jay, we think up show ideas, we outline talking points. If you're an interview show, you schedule guests. We have to set up the equipment. We have to record the show, edit the show, write the show notes, schedule marketing for the episode. That could be emails, social. We have to upload the episode. 
and then we have to engage with the audience. And uh, this will vary from show to show, but I'd say a podcast can take anywhere from three to 15 hours from concept to publishing, depending on the workflow. Uh, again, that, like I said, that, that varies from show to show, depending on what kind of marketing you do and how long the show is. But John, I just want to put a microphone on my computer and talk. Why are you telling me it's going to take me three to 15 hours to produce that show? Again, it depends if you want to be successful or not. I mean, you're not going to grow a huge following just by recording yourself and putting yourself on SoundCloud. That's not going to, that's not really going to get you anywhere. That's disappointing. You mean if I start a free anchor account tomorrow Mm. to start my put a microphone on a computer and start talking podcast, I'm probably not going to be successful? Probably not, unless you have a well-known brand already that has a huge social following. Then you might have a large audience right away, but those are few and far between, I'd say. Listen, I've listened to the Joe Rogan show. I know I'm funnier than Joe Rogan. (laughs) I'm not really funnier than... I don't believe that. No, I'm doing this as a character. (laughs) I know I'm funnier than Joe Rogan. My show's got to be more popular than that. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That is the perfect answer, John. (laughs) All right. So you're telling me that there's a lot of work that goes into a a successful podcast. Well, okay. I can put in the I can put in three hours, but fifteen hours. I mean, that's whew, how long of a show am I producing at fifteen hours? I mean, I even say that would be like a half hour show. I mean, if you're looking at an hour, two hour long show, and that's going to definitely multiply that. So on average, it might take around two to three hours to just research and write out a topic. One way to cut back in time and research is to hire a virtual assistant to do some of the prep work for you. The recording your podcast, this probably takes the least amount of time. So we might record an hour, and then by the time you edit down, edit everything down, it will be about 30 minutes. Now, again, it depends on the type of podcast that you're Correct. doing. And the amount of preparation that you put in before the podcast can certainly shorten the amount of time that you have to put in after the podcast. Correct. If you've properly prepared yourself, it shouldn't take you longer, if you're doing a 30-minute podcast, more than 30 minutes to record that particular podcast. However, there's always room for editing. Yes. And that I've found to be about four times the length of the raw audio if you're going through and removing breaths and crutch words and any anything that is a mistake. If you know what you're doing, you could probably get the process down to maybe three times the length. So. A half-hour podcast would take about an hour and a half to to edit. Um, John, uh, what are you um talking about? Um, <laughs> crutch words. Um, like uh, but so um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I will have to leave those in too. <laughs> Yes, you will. And we should make an audiogram out of uh, that conversation in and of itself. I like that. That was funny. So after you go through and edit everything, uh, make it sound as best as you can, the next step would be podcast promotion. 
And it's one of the most important steps where you want to engage your audience on social media platforms, through email, through advertising. And it's good to promote your episodes after they come out and not just when it's published. This will lead to a lot of extra time creating posts, scheduling posts, engaging with the audience, creating video, audio, graphic content to post as well. There are clearly tools that will help me in managing this time suck. Oh, yeah. How to imagine. Come up with a, a release schedule so you can keep track of when episodes will be published and which guests need to be contacted. Another good tip would be to create a workflow. Queued up, we use Monday as a project manager for the podcast and all of Queued Up's clients. Other options include Trello, Asana. With all the steps that go into getting an episode ready to publish, this keeps everything organized for me. Also, consider batch recording. Instead of recording one episode, take one day out of your schedule and record four to five episodes. And you can really batch any of the podcasting steps, whether that's coming up with ideas for podcasts, to editing them, to recording them, to even scheduling them on social media. There's different tools that you can use like Buffer, Hootsuite, Meet Edgar, where you can schedule your social media posts well in advance. One thing I would advise while using social media tools such as Hootsuite to schedule your social media posts, please do remember it is called social media for a reason. Yes. Because you're supposed to be social with it. Yes. So if you have a social media feed that is just listen to my podcast, listen to my podcast, listen to my podcast, boy, I think I know of a social media poster that does that. It's probably not going to be as successful as a social media poster who engages with their audience, asks their audience questions, interacts with their audience, especially if their audience is replying to a post about a particular episode that you said listen to. Uh, So please make sure that you don't disengage with your audience while trying to engage with them on social media, utilizing these tools that will post automatically for you. That's correct. I have one other thing here, Jay, and that's uh, another good way to to reduce the time load if you have a busy schedule, and that's to repurpose your content. So if you're already making YouTube videos or doing a live stream on Facebook, you already have what you need to do a podcast. So a great way to get in front of more people is to maybe write a blog post, use the information to record a Facebook live video for YouTube, and then strip the audio to also use that for a podcast. That's four different ways to engage the same audience. And evaluate your time versus money. You might benefit from outsourcing parts of your podcast. We at Queued Up can help with any part from the initial process to recording to production to promotion and growth. That's fantastic. I didn't even know places like Queued Up existed. We are here to help and make it easier for you and let you take your time back. Uh, Let us not pod fade into the good night until we tell you about the podcast industry insights, specifically the Apple podcast insights from mypodcastreviews.com. Daniel J. Lewis does yeoman's work to provide us with the latest numbers coming from Apple. The current total number of valid podcasts, 1,634,122. Remember that valid podcasts are available in Apple podcasts with downloadable episodes, regardless of age or active 
status. There have been many more podcasts and many more episodes, but they are not all still available through valid feeds due to feed episode limits. I can use my own podcast, for example. Apple limits, I think, to 250 or 300 episodes, while there are over 500 available episodes in my RSS feed for my sports podcast, Next Fan Up. Take that as note. Next Fan Up is five years old as well. It's been around for a little while. Also, it is not the number of active podcasts, 1.6 million. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) John, what is the total number of active podcasts in the Apple Podcast app? It's 686,704, or 42% of all podcasts. That's pretty impressive, considering I just said that there are 1.6 million podcasts in the Apple Podcast app. That means the the 0.6 million are the ones that are active. Ugh, that's a lot of dead podcasts or pod-faded podcasts, John. <laughs> when we talked before we recorded, you were telling me about the active versus inactive episodes, podcast feeds available by episodes. Tell me a little bit more about that. What I was looking at here, Jay, was that there's 23.8% of episodes that only have one podcast but if you look at the numbers here over a third of the podcasts available have less than two Mm. and then over half of the podcasts available have less than five episodes Mm. that is a lot of pod faded podcasts there john Mm -hmm. it makes it difficult to get through the noise don't you think it's something you've pointed out before in that really if you look at the active inactive by available episodes, one episode through really nine episodes, there's more inactive than there are active. And it's only once you get to 10 plus episodes that you get to have more active episodes than inactive. But even that number is pretty close to 50-50. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. The other thing to note is that just because a podcast is labeled as inactive, remember that Daniel J. Lewis's definition of an active podcast is one that has published at least one episode in the last 90 days. An inactive podcast isn't necessarily a dead podcast or a pod-faded podcast, because the podcast Serial, for instance, hasn't published a new episode in years. Although recently in August, they published five episodes of Nice White Parents, uh, which I guess was nice of Serial to do for Nice White Parents. That is obviously a show that gets a lot of downloads to this very day uh, as people come to discover podcasting and hear of the wonderful podcast Serial. They want to go check out what that podcast was all about. But in any case, that is a podcast that still has quote-unquote life, if you will, but is not producing any new podcasts and hasn't for quite some time. All right, John, I think we've come to the end of our discussion on pod fading and marketing and podcasting. What do you think? I think we have. Have you learned anything from the pod fading? Well, what I've learned is that you really want to be mean and call me pod fader um, <laughs> from this point out. Uh, that's the one big takeaway I have from this particular episode. In all seriousness, what I've learned is that a lot of people think that podcasting is easy. Because, let's face it, John, we make this look easy. Mm-hmm. Or at least we make this sound easy. Sound easy, yeah. 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 See what I did there? But it's not. 
it's a lot of hard work and effort and has taken a lot of years for me to speak as comfortably as I do on this microphone. I am at the real pod Vader on Twitter. You can reach me on email if you prefer that particular form of communication. Nextfanup at gmail.com, which is the email address for my uh, NFL podcast, but you know, it's the best way to get in touch with me, either Twitter or via email, or you can also reach me on LinkedIn. I'm available there. John, how can people reach you? They can reach me through the queued up website, which is qd-up.com, through email, which is info at queuedup.com, or I'm on LinkedIn as well. Excellent. Uh, until next week, we may or may not be live. I will be enjoying the uh, Thanksgiving feast. I will be too. While I'm enjoying that Thanksgiving feast, I might be enjoying a recorded episode of my favorite podcast. We hope you enjoy the holidays, and we will be back again every Wednesday with a new episode of the Cued Up Podcast on Podcasting. There you have it.